Yo, everyone, welcome back. Another episode of The Fastest 40 presented by CS Designs and in partnership with Stadium Rant. Trey is back in the building. Damn, it's good to have you here, my brother. Hey, let's get it, Dan, man. I'm glad to be back. Uh, kind of sucked missing the first couple weeks, but uh, let's get after it. I'm excited. Uh, we've kicked off some damn good football for Kansas City, and I'm doing decent in fantasy, and I'm doing awful in the <laughs> gambling corner. So whatever. Let's get after it, Dan. Yes, sir. We're going to turn that shit around. Let's get tight. 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40. 40, let's get into it. We are going to be talking to you guys about some fantasy football, the big money moves, of course, recapping what we were able to uh, to do last week, and then also just a hunch. But before we do all of that, let's get our pregame stretches in. These are brought to you by our presenting sponsor, CS Designs. Corey Sanders always, always, always has our back here at TF40, putting together all of our graphics. Um, check them out on IG at CS Designs Official. He has a collection of some fantastic works that he's been able to put together for other companies, brands, sports teams, you name it. He's done it. www.coreysandersdesigns.com And remember, he does more than just graphic design. It's videography, photography, web design, and so much more. It's www.coreysandersdesigns.com all right, let's stretch it out with some injuries. There's a lot going on. No pun intended there. Yeah, we're not trying to uh, pull hammies or break ankles. Unfortunately for Trey Lance, that was the situation. Broken ankle. I don't know if you saw the clip or the play, Trey, but I wasn't watching the game live. I got kind of a, a highlight from it. Yep, and same here. He's sitting on the ground, foot pointing a different direction from where his face was pointing and man that's just a tough break yeah literally literally <laughs> um yeah it is and it, especially for the uh, Niners but and the Niners fans um but he got carted off and he looked fine you know calm cool collected as he got carted off which mm-hmm. is impressive um you just have to wait for next season to get your guy back on the field um, a good point that I heard, I think yesterday from the pregame when they were talking about it, um, as we were, they were talking about the uh, how Sunday wrapped up, um, they were talking about Trey Lance now will not play football for his third year. So he didn't play mm. football um, for COVID his senior year, didn't play football last year because he obviously set, and then now he's going to miss his third year with an injury. So um, as a Niner fan, I think that kind of has to worry you just a little bit as far as you know what your future looks like. That's got to be a question mark for you. And, you know, you got Jimmy G coming back in. Obviously, you finished that game strong for you guys, won the football game for you. So, you know, I, I don't think you're you're ready to chalk it up for the season. You know, Jimmy G is going to give you a chance. Obviously, he took you to your Super Bowl a few years ago. So um, don't don't chalk up the season yet. Uh, but your future looks kind of – or future's got a question mark, that's for sure. Yeah, no, no, no question about it. And that's a good point. I didn't think about the three years um, – you know, that senior season that he had in North Dakota State, not having that opportunity to suit up, that's that's a huge gap. Yeah, I mean, we've seen, time. we've seen quarterbacks and other players like Michael Vick and whoever else, you know, for whatever reason, injuries, off-the-field issues, they come back, they're not always 100%, or at least they're not right away. Sure. You know, they yep. got to kind of get back in the groove of it. <clears throat> so that's going to be something. He's going to have, a you know, a few hurdles in the way, but, you know, he's he's gone through a lot to get to this point in the NFL. Uh, hopefully he has the right mindset for this recovery and comes back 100%. Some other guys that had injuries but did not play this week, Michael Pittman with a quad, Julio Jones with a knee, Alvin Kamara, Gabe Davis, George Kittle, Shaq Leonard, Darius Leonard, for those that don't know, he changed his name. 
um, Kayvon Thibodeau and Keenan Allen, all of those guys are currently nursing injuries and did not suit up. Question marks for sure entering week three. And then a couple other injuries that happened during the games. Yeah, so you got Justin Herbert. Obviously, that's a big one, right? And uh, with the Chiefs getting enough pressure on him throughout the game, finally uh, finally got to him just enough. He actually ended up fracturing his rib cartilage. Um, mm. So he's day-to-day right now, an absolute warrior to finish that game out. I mean, we saw that one pass where he rolled out, pump faked, and then he just like could not hold on to the football any longer, just like yeah. threw it to the ground. Um, so hats off to that dude, absolute warrior. Um, that's kind of dudes you want on your side. You know, that's kind of the old Brett Favre we used to watch. You know, dude would take an absolute beating and then still go out there and play football. So, um, I'm rooting for him, even though he's a charger. Um, it's good to see guys like that on the football field. And then you got Jameis Winston. Um, he's got, I think they said three or four fractures, four fractures fractures in his back. So, uh, I mean, the fact that he's out there playing right now with fractures in his back is uh, something to say about the dude. You know, you can say whatever you want about, you know, how he, the kind of shit that he talks um, all the way back to Florida State. But um, <laughs> to go out there and play with four fractures in your back, you know, says something about your character. So, I mean, I'm rooting for Jameis as well. You know, one bad hit on that dude, and, and you could be um, in a really shitty spot for the rest of your life. So that's something to keep in mind for him. But I, I think the Saints are kind of, I mean, it's it's Jameis or nothing, you know what I mean? So that's kind of what they got. Yeah, they, they released Ian Book, that rookie they drafted out of Notre Dame. Um, so it's essentially him and Taysom Hill. There may there might be another quarterback on that roster I'm, that I'm overlooking. Um, but, you know, he goes down, Winston goes down, that's kind of it. Yeah. <laughs> There's no Teddy Bridgewater to, to back you up in this scenario. Right, right, right. And as for Justin Herbert, you know, another comparison is really Matthew Stafford used to take those beatings in, in, oh, sure. in Detroit, yeah. too. Still does. Still does. Yeah, he's a yeah he's a warrior, too. <clears throat> Dude is a warrior. So that's kind of your injury recap. Uh, heading into week three now, uh, Cole Beasley was signed this morning, Tuesday morning, September 20th, Signed to the Buccaneers practice squad with the intent to elevate him to the active roster. Mike Evans is suspended. One game for his incident with Marshawn Lattimore. Chris Godwin nursing that new hamstring injury. Julio Jones has a knee injury. That pretty much leaves you with Brashad Perriman, Arden Key, and Scotty Miller. Russell Gage. Is and he Russell hurt? Gage. I think he's hurt too, and though. He could he? be hurt as yeah, well. I think he's questionable. He has been the last two, couple weeks. I think he's taken snaps. He's played, but I think he's questionable. Um, yeah, I mean, we could see Cole Be- Beasley walk into the stadium and play this weekend. And then uh, Willie Gay, another suspension uh, that we have to talk about, unfortunately. Suspended four games last year. I don't know if you remember, Trey, in January. He had a domestic dispute incident with his uh, the mother of his child, and um, you know some property was broken, including a vacuum, a door, and a door frame. Uh, no violence put on to anyone else, but it was uh, it did unfold in front of the child, which is unfortunate. Um, police were called. He was arrested, misdemeanor, four games. Feels heavy-handed to me. I agree, and and yeah, to your point, um, your first point. I com- I when Strato texted us and said Willie Gay suspended four games, I was like, dude, what for? Like, did I miss a hit <laughs> or something that like I didn't notice? Or, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's odd timing for one. You know, usually the NFL tries to initiate their their suspensions before the season starts if the whatever issue happens or incident happens before the season starts. Um, which is unfortunate that uh, you know week two finish wraps up and they're like, all right, Willie Gay, you're going to serve four games, and that's going to be during a crucial point of the Chiefs season mm. against some crucial opponents. Um, but you know, I was talking to Strato last night about this, and at the end of the day, it is what it is. You know, NFL governs the deal, and we have to go with whatever they say, right? Pretty much. So you know, I hope the Chiefs take away from this is that. Hey, look, we're down Willie Gay, and he's been a stud so far this year, and he was last year. So um, it is what it is. Let's move on. Let's use this as fuel. And I hope Willie Gay looks at it the same way. You know, I'm going to come back with some fire in my chest, mm-hmm. and I'm going to really knock some heads off. So absolutely, that's all. I'm kind of looking at it now. I'm tired of Roger Goodell, um, <laughs> you know, playing 
uh, acting like it's 1945 in Germany. So I wish he would figure his shit out. I'm, 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 I mean, Roger Goodell's got to go. <laughs> so uh, we need to excommunicate him. Yeah, excommunicado. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that obviously everybody that listens to the show understands that I'm not a big fan of of Roger Goodell, but. Hey, like I said, we've got to move on. Um, Tom Brady, you know, broke another tablet on Sunday, but, you know, nobody will touch him, so whatever. Yep. Is what it is. Yeah. Is what it is. Yeah, I, I think something that uh, speaks to Willie Gay's character, too. He's not appealing the suspension. Oh, He's really? kind of, you know, just accepting it and using it in his personal life as well as, like, sure. a, a teaching yeah. lesson yeah, to, yeah, yeah. you know... Um, be a better dad and you know be better in those situations too so you gotta see that as a positive sure no i agree all right time to recap week two we're gonna do this new segment question highlight takeaway we'll start with thursday night chargers make their way out to kansas city the end result is 27 24 kansas city Thank you, Jalen Watson. Yes. Was the Asante uh-huh. Samuel interception a real interception? Because it was called back. Yeah, so no, that was not an interception. One, because the ball hit the ground. Two, because the ball hit the ground. And three, because the ball hit the ground. Thank but, you. Um, let's take a look at last year real quick. One quick point on this. Last year, there was numerous calls where the person had full control of the ball. Mm-hmm. And then as they went down, they were ruled down, but the ball hit the ground as well. Mm-hmm. And they gave them the catch. And when I saw that interception, I said he had full possession. And then as he hit the ground, elbow hit the ground, and then the ball hit the ground, I was like, they're going to rule that a catch because that's how they rolled last year. Mm-hmm. So typical NFL refing, shit changes week to week. So we just see new rules each week. <laughs> so I guess that's how we're going to roll this year is that ball hit, hits ground, it's not a catch. But that was my take from it. The rule has always been the ball hits the ground, it's not a catch. Yep. If it was a Chiefs player that had done that, would you feel the same way? No, I feel like I'm a pretty, you know, I I understand the rules of football enough, and I'm not so biased of a Chiefs fan to where I'd be like, all right, next play, like you didn't catch the ball, let's move on. Yeah. Yeah. So my big takeaway from this game, the Chiefs defense made a number of very big plays, constant pressure, Wrapped up the the ball carriers at every instance. Willie Gay and and Mike and uh, Nick Bolton. They are legit. They're legitimate. The Chargers. I see them as the biggest threat in the AFC West, especially now knowing what happened on Sunday with the Broncos and with the Raiders. It's the Chiefs and the Chargers in the AFC West, and there's no other competition. Absolutely, I couldn't agree with that more. Moving on to the next game, New England went to Pittsburgh. Final score is seventeen fourteen. New England takes the win. Is it time for a Kenny Pickett start? Oh, small hands. I <laughs> do not know if it's time. I don't think it's time for Kenny Pickett to start just quite yet. Mitchell Trubisky is just one and one. Now, with that being said, the offense is incredibly flat yep. in Pittsburgh. They they won their first game because of a defensive performance, specifically Minka Fitzpatrick and TJ Watt headlining that defense. We saw Minka still do some fantastic things for them on Sunday. Another interception. Um, Kenny Pickett's time is coming, don't get me wrong, right. but yep. Trubisky will start this week and probably the next couple weeks after. Absolutely. So to bounce off your defensive comment, um, the defenses obviously did their job in this game with the low-scoring game, 17-14. Um, typical fashion for New England and Pittsburgh, though. Boring <laughs> but beautiful defensive game, right? right? Uh, Mac Jones has looked like he's hit his sophomore slump. You know, I kind of thought he was going to bounce around that with Bill being his head coach. But he started the year off pretty slow, so it'll be kind of interesting to see how they try to trans or uh, move through the rest of the season with him having a slow start. Carolina at New York Giants. Giants end up taking this one 19-16. Ton of field goals in this affair. The Giants have the Cowboys next. Will they start the season 3-0? and off the top of my head, I'm going to go with yes. Is the game in New York or Dallas? It's in New York. I'm going, yeah, I'm going with yes. And I don't really have a lot of evidence to back this up here other than I'm, I'm not, I wasn't sold on the Cowboys before. I'm definitely not sold on them now. Most overrated team in the league, most overrated quarterback in the league. And I'm not <laughs> talking about Cooper Rush. Um, I got the Giants here. I like that bull, what he's done up there. He, mm-hmm. that, they, they seem like a, a gelled team. They seem aggressive, mm-hmm. and they seem almost complete. You know, they're, they're missing a few spots, you know, big-time playmakers. 
you know, a lot of the most more successful teams in the league now have those big time playmakers, which they don't really have right now. Um, so I think that's the only thing they're missing, but I think overall they're a sound team and I think they have a solid, solid chance to win that division. Absolutely. They, they, they do. Um, the NFC East is kind of wide open. The Eagles posing the biggest threat and at least until Dak Prescott gets back for the Cowboys, we'll see how that offense pans out. My biggest takeaways from this game are not related to the Giants. Surprisingly, I, I'm looking at the Panthers for losing this game. So Baker Mayfield traded for him, brought him in, won the job over Sam Darnold, likely was going to win it with before the injury. He cannot get the offense going despite all of these weapons that he has. It's a similar situation to what he had in Cleveland. And I think part of it is attributed to what he brings to the field. And the other part is attributed to Matt Rule, the head coach out there in Carolina. I thought he should have been fired after last season. They gave him another shot. Things still aren't panning out. He's 0-2 right now as the Panthers head coach in 2022. I do not see him making it to their bye week in Week 13 as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Sure. All right, next game we're talking New York Jets at Cleveland. This was a hell of a game. 31-30, to New York Jets take the win. What's up with New York right now? Uh, so Flacco comes back last two minutes, scores two touchdowns, wins him the game. When Zach Wilson gets healthy, do you look back at Zach Wilson or you stick with Flacco? I think at this point you have to stick with Joe Flacco. Couldn't agree more. Uh, I mean, he led the big comeback. He right. knows the Browns well, of course, having played in Baltimore for so many years. But leading that comeback, he has a good chemistry with Garrett Wilson. You don't want to mess that up, him being a rookie receiver and all. I understand the necessity to bring back your first-round quarterback and get him in the mix, get him familiar with all of those options that they have in the the Jets' offense. But uh, I think you got to roll with the hot hand here and keep Flacco in. And and you know if it was an ideal situation in New York, I don't think Zach Wilson would have started last season anyway. Sure, sure. So to jump on your Garrett Wilson uh, point, there he he looks solid. He's getting his his reps. He's definitely getting his touches, and he's making the most out of out of whatever touches those are. Um, to go down on the Browns' defense, though, I think the pressure's building on that defense because the offense cannot produce. So, yep. you know, you have a lot of talent on that defensive side of the ball, but, you know, the pressure's almost too much to to kind of own the whole football game. There's no um, two-sided football for the Browns right now. It's all on the defense, so they're struggling. Next game, Indy traveled to Jacksonville for a shutout. 24-0, Jacksonville takes the cake and runs with it. Are the Jaguars for real, or are the Colts just too banged up to compete? Um, I think the Colts are, you know, that I think it's a little bit of both. I think the Colts are uh, just not what everybody thought they were going to be, unfortunately. I was kind of rooting for them, uh, but I think the Jags have kind of figured things out a little bit. You can't say a team hasn't really figured things out when they shut out a, a, an NFL team, right? So um, I think from that aspect, the Jags, yes, have figured things out a little bit, is that division strong? No, they have a chance to win it with a uh, you know an awful division they're in right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're all their Colts too banged up. Yeah, I mean yeah, they they have injuries, but so does every other team. But True. every other team's making it through. So I think the Colts have bigger problems than just injuries. I, I I could definitely see that. Now Doug Peterson I think is a major factor in this turnaround. Super Bowl winning coach, obviously very good offensive mind, a quarter quarterback in himself. He is the perfect guy to sort of bring up Trevor Lawrence in the NFL, and I think the addition of Christian Kirk has really paid dividends so far. Now everyone talked about his contract and how outrageous it was that uh, a receiver with his numbers and history signed a deal like that, but he's been showing him exactly the kind of value that he can bring to the football field, and him and Trevor Lawrence have have an immediate connection there. No doubt. So Miami at Baltimore, this one was a hell of a game. So uh, Baltimore kind of owned the whole game until right at the end where Miami finished 42-38. to 38. Mm. Like I said, this was a damn good football game. So are the Dolphins the biggest non-Chiefs or B- Bills threat in the AFC? So in the AFC, it's obviously a two-horse race with the Chiefs and the Bills. A week ago, I would have said no yep. with the Ravens being my third team in the AFC for sure. But now I'm a a little bit conflicted. What about the Chargers? And the Chargers, of course, in in the mix as well. Thank you for for bringing that up. They're definitely in the mix. Um, You know, now I'm kind of looking at it. The Dolphins' defense, 
they showed up in the big moments. Um, Melvin Ingram batted down several passes in, in key moments as Lamar Jackson tried to take the lead back. And Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill were phenomenal. They put up some amazing numbers. They were the first duo to get, uh, it was something crazy, 11, 11 receptions, over 160 yards, and two touchdowns each in NFL history. Oh, sure. No other receiver duo has put up the numbers that they put up. Sure. And, um, you know, I think that's a that's something to note for sure. Now, Mike McDaniel's a young coach. We'll see how he handles other situations and moves through the, the season. But I think you can definitely put the Dolphins up there yep. in that Ravens and Chargers territory. Sure, I, I think you have to agree. And, and, you know, you could say we're going to wait until they see some adversity. But the Baltimore's a team, man. They, like you said, they're your top five for AFC. So I think, you know, they have faced adversity and they were down big and they came back. But mm-hmm. to your Tyreek and Jalen Waddle comment, they got to be the best wide receiver tandem in the league right now from what we've seen so far in two weeks. Um, that record, like you just said, you know, I had no idea about that, but that's flat out impressive, man. And then the Ravens defense still recovering from injuries. Um, the Ravens as a whole, the Baltimore Ravens are still recovering from injuries. You know, you see, uh, uh, who's my guy? I can't even think of him now running the ball. J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins still hasn't played, man. What are we doing? <laughs> so, I mean, the Ravens are still struggling on the injury side of the football or on the injury side of, of, of the, uh, of the game. So I think as they come back and maybe get healthy throughout the year, hopefully they can stay healthy and, and, and produce something here. Cause they got a, they got a really solid chance at, at winning that division, which is kind of up for grabs right now. Yep. So another divisional game, Tampa Bay traveled to new Orleans where Tom Brady has struggled historically. This time they pull out the win 20 to 10 Tampa is Tom Brady washed or was it just the saints effect for his poor performance and frustrations? <laughs> I think it's, 99% Saints effect. I wouldn't say Tom Brady's washed. The Saints, you know, I don't remember if it was you or Hudson that said it the other day that they're like 7-0 and or some shit against Tom Brady in the regular season and then 0-1 in the playoffs. I'll give Hudson that credit. Yeah, I mean, that's that's impressive, right? So every year I'm betting on the Saints when they play uh, Tampa Bay. I, I, I think that's 100% Saints, and it goes down to their coaching. You know, uh, their head coach was the defensive coordinator back before uh, – Damn, Sean Payton. Sean Payton left. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of anybody's name right now. <laughs> so I think, uh, yeah, I think that's a just an effect of understanding what what Tom Brady's bringing and what that Bucks team is going to bring to the table and, and being able to counteract that. Yeah, I want to highlight Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore. This rivalry that they've built playing against each other for uh, six. Se- this is their sixth season going against each other since Marshawn Lattimore's rookie year. That was when it really you know, blossomed this, this hate for one another. And Mike Evans sort of blindsided him on the uh, sideline when he was jawing at Jameis Winston. Well, there's since been two other incidents, this last one included where they've gotten to a physical altercation at a certain point. You have to stress the issue to these players and Mike Evans only getting a one game suspension, I think is kind of, um, you know, a slap on the wrist because that was what he's gotten for a previous altercation. And he did something uh, again. So there's that prior history. So it, it comes back to the consistency of these punishments and really what does it compare to, you know, the physical violence on the field is less egregious than, um, breaking you know, a vacuum. Yeah. Name, name your, uh, name your situation. Right, so, yeah. and then the Buccaneers, they need to overcome their own injuries, right? They've got a lot of issues on the offensive line. Tom Brady, not a mobile guy. He's getting sacked a ton. Receivers are dropping like flies. They've got a lot of problems and it's going to be something that, you know, as their schedule, uh, gears up, they have green Bay this week. They have Kansas city next week. Big games on the calendar. Yeah, no doubt. Big couple weeks coming up for them. Next recap is Washington at Detroit. Detroit's a bunch of killers. They win 36-27. to I'm rooting all day for these guys. How many games do the Lions win this year? Give me one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine kneecaps for nine, nine Lions wins. Nine That's kneecaps, baby. Come on. <laughs> no double digits? No, I'm, I'm right under the double digit for the Lions. I, I think they uh, will barely miss the playoffs. Maybe they get in on a tiebreaker of some yep. sort, some common opponent BS, uh, however they decide that. But the Lions, they've made vast improvements. Their offense looks dangerous. Their yes. defense. Yep. Needs to improve, 
But Aiden Hutchinson's starting to bring it out uh, out there for Detroit. So the Lions chalk him up for nine wins. That's where I have him. Yeah, that was my next question was the playoffs, but I'm glad you answered that. All right, I'm not going to try to say his first name because I'll butcher it, but St. Brown, the receiver for Detroit, <laughs> Lions, absolute unit. So since Thanksgiving, this dude's been probably the best receiver in the league. Um, you can call it my personal opinion, but he's an absolute killer on the field. Dude's got numbers. Yes, absolutely. Washington's defense looks god-awful. 74 points have been let up in the last two games or the first two games of the year, and you cannot win football games if you give up 30-plus points a game. Not a good look, especially for Ron Rivera, who's a defensive coach. Yep. Seattle at San Francisco, a game I thought was going to be a lot closer considering Geno Smith has covered his last nine affairs until this one. That came to a screeching halt as the Niners took them down 27-7. Are the Niners better off with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback? All due respect to Trey Lance. Answer for me is yes. I was confused all offseason on what the purpose was of trying to get rid of Jimmy G. I think there's a bad taste in San Francisco that he couldn't win the Super Bowl, and ever since then they've been kind of wanting to dish him off. Yeah, he's got some injury issues every single year, it seems like, so I understand that aspect. But again, you want to give your team the best shot every single year, and the best shot this year for San Francisco to win was with Jimmy G, not Trey Lance. I'm with you there. You know, Trey, Trey Lance never really got a shot this year, so I won't say it's not an indictment on him, right? I don't think that would be fair to to pass judgment on him that way. The one game that he did play was a slop fest yeah, uh, weather-wise, right. and then the other one he broke his damn ankle. So, you know, not really a chance there. However, the offense looked noticeably comfortable with Jimmy Garoppolo running the show. They've been able to make two NFC championships with Jimmy Garoppolo at the helm, one Super Bowl. Unfortunately, they lost, you know, their season ended early um, in both of those scenarios. But I think he's the obvious choice here, and they got to be counting their lucky stars. They couldn't find a trade partner for Jimmy Garoppolo for sure. Very, very valid. Very valid. All right, Atlanta at L.A. That's the the, uh, Rams type. That goes 31 to 27 by the Rams. A little close of a game. If you're a Rams fan, I'm sure you're uh, not too comfortable with that final score. Are the Falcons a quarterback away? I think the Falcons roster is nice and young and fast, and they've got some playmakers. A quarterback away may be a stretch because they have a lot of question marks on the defensive side of the ball, specifically in their front seven outside of Deion Jones and Grady Jarrett. But swap out Mariota for name your pick on quarterbacks, and I think they're a little bit more of a dangerous team. Like a Matt Ryan, maybe? Uh, (laughs) Potentially. (laughs) I think with this offense, they need a mobile guy like what Mariota brings to the table. So I'm looking at guys like... Trey Lance, maybe Justin Field, sure Jimmy you G. Know, some of the Jimmy G, maybe Carson yeah. Wentz could be better in this offense because he Damn. he can run a little bit. So you know those are guys that I'm thinking about for sure. So as far as Kyle Pitts, is it the play calling or is the quarterback play that's not getting him involved in that offense? I think it's the play calling. Arthur Smith has already come out and said something. You know the classic, it's not fantasy football. I don't yeah. care about your gambling losses. Kind of line where they're just making their play calls, and that's the end of it. They're trying to win the game. Now, why is Mariota not looking at Kyle Pitts? Because he's really not getting the number of targets that you'd expect from a guy of his caliber. I mean, he's essentially a wide receiver playing the tight end position. Right. So, you know, that's that's something that I would want them to look into for sure if I'm a Falcons fan. Sure thing. And I think Drake London's been a big part of that offense so far in his freshman year. He's already had a, a big standout on that what that offense does, getting his touches. So, um, But to bounce over to the Rams, you know, Cooper Cup is the obvious, you know, centerpiece for that Rams offense. Um, whether it be, you know, the short game or the long game, Cooper Cup's going to be a part of whatever um, play that is for the for the Rams right now. Arizona traveled to Vegas. Overtime affair in this one where Arizona won on a crazy Byron Murphy fumble recovery, fumbled by Hunter Renfro, 29-23. Is this the spark that the Cardinals need to get back on track? My answer is no. I think everybody in Arizona right now is kind of taking a deep breath and like, holy shit, how do we pull that off? I don't don't think it's more (laughs) of a, all right, let's go get them next week now. I think it's like, all right, how do we not get in this situation again kind of scenario? 
Absolutely. I think Kyler needs DeAndre Hopkins. There's a clear gap in his play capabilities with and without DeAndre. This game does not bring DeAndre Hopkins back any sooner, so I'm with you on that on that point. Now, bringing it over to the Vegas side of things, the Raiders need to find a way to get all three of their targets involved. They have Devontae Adams, they have Hunter Renfro, and they have Darren Waller. Through two games, we have not seen all three of those guys put up significant numbers. If they're able to work that into the game plan, get the running game to support them maybe a little bit better too, I think the Raiders are going to be a little more dangerous moving forward through the season. Sure, sure, sure. All right, next game, Houston at Denver, 16-9. to Denver takes the win. I think this one exposed Denver a little bit more. You know, a lot of people have been giving Denver some credit on winning the game, but you beat Houston. <laughs> so I think you're a little bit, a little more exposed than what you think you are right now. But as far as Denver, does Nathaniel Hackett make it to season two if the uh, Denver Broncos do not make the playoffs? You know, to your point, it is kind of a lose-lose scenario. You know, beat Houston, great, you beat Houston. Right. Lose to Houston, Wow, you yeah, guys right. suck ass. <laughs> so as far as Nathaniel Hackett goes, he has shown a clear incompetency when it comes to coaching football as a head coach. Usually I'm not on the bandwagon for firing a head coach after year one. I think you need more time to develop. The Texans did that with David Culley. I was not a huge fan of that necessarily. However, if the Broncos do not make the playoffs, all of the hype around Russell Wilson, around this roster being a quarterback away, around the defense, around all the offensive weapons, and everything that Denver thought they had going for them. If they do not make the playoffs and they fired Nathaniel Hackett, I would not be surprised. Sure. I understand. I could, I could definitely see that. Uh, Russell Wilson, uh, uh, Sutton connection is starting to uh, definitely gel there. And, you know, we, we Going into the season, we thought it was going to be more of a Jerry Judy uh, role for him to be the number one, but Sutton's kind of taken that over so far through the first two weeks. Um, so I think everything else is kind of struggling right now, and I think that goes into you know how the run game has started off, but also how um, the pass protection has been for the Denver Broncos right now. Um, but with that being said, uh, Damian Pierce is starting to get more trust, and the shift has kind of begun there for for that uh, for the Denver Broncos there in that aspect. But <clears throat> Cincinnati at Dallas, we've got. Uh... <laughs> Joe Burrow and company losing this one, 20-17. Dallas takes the win on a last-minute field goal. Bengals are fucking bad again, aren't they? They are bad, yeah. And I think this is what everybody, you know, everybody expected either the Bengals to come back and be the one seed this year or to be last place in the AFC North. And we're kind of seeing that last place AFC North Cincinnati team right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and every aspect of that team is not playing well at all. So I think, I think yeah, they're that bad. Um, they played a Dallas team without Dak, Dak Prescott and lost the game. So, yeah, they're not good. Yeah, no, 100%. Their offensive struggles are a huge problem. I think it starts with the offensive line. Um, they invested millions, tens of millions of dollars in this offensive line for them to repeat their same issues. Joe Burrow's been sacked 13 times this season. Six and a half a game is just unacceptable. However... When you're going against a player like Micah Parsons, who got who has four sacks up to this point, a real defensive player of the year candidate, won the defensive rookie of the year last year, got some votes for DPOY as well, and some attention for it. Um, that's kind of understandable yep. if you let him get a sack, but allowing 13 sacks on your guy, Joe Burrow, who just brought your team to a Super Bowl, is completely unacceptable if you're the Bengals. Yeah, one one point there. Micah Parsons has a chance here to be absolutely legendary. Like, I'm talking Lawrence Taylor legendary. I mean, mm. this dude is the real deal, man. Yeah. Michael Strahan type shit. Damn. That's high praise. Yes. All right, Chicago at Green Bay, 27-10. Green Bay takes that win. So is this the win that turns the Packers back around and moves them forward this year? It is the win that yeah. turns them around. Aaron Rodgers is happy. He's having yes. fun out there. Drinking he's, tea. He's drinking some special tea, the yes. special brew from the uh, the Packers receivers. No, I think this is a great win for them. Aaron Jones, a- A.J. Dillon, they, they put up some fantastic numbers from the backfield in this one, and I think it's going to be the one that you know helps that offensive unit gel a little bit more, not having Nathaniel Hackett calling the plays anymore. And, uh, you know, it makes them a little more comfortable going into the rest of the season. So, yes, this is the one that will turn the ship around for the pack. Absolutely. And Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are just an absolute unit in the backfield. 
Um, I mean, they they counteract each other very well, and you they can both play. Um, they both catch the ball phenomenally out of the backfield. They both run downhill. I mean, both of these guys, Aaron Jones was hitting the smallest gaps in the offensive line, man. I was like, holy so shit, slippery. this dude is fast, man. Right out of the backfield, he looks great. Um, so I think, I think, yeah, I think I'm on board with you. Green Bay is going to head um, full head of steam down the down the uh, down the rest of the season. Um, Eberflus is not the head coach for Justin Fields to win right now. And to go into that a little bit, I think Justin Fields needs. He's one of those guys that almost needs everything to be perfect for him to win. I, I don't think he's the guy. He's a mediocre quarterback. I think he's going to stay there for his career. But I think he needs a lot of things to go right for him, for him to be successful. Yep. And that starts with the head coach. It starts with the OC, and that goes into the front office as well. And you know, the Bears got to make moves in the offseason to uh, supply Justin Fields with the team for him to be successful. Absolutely. Now, Eberflus being that defensive co- uh, coach, you hope that he brings in the right OC, and they have a new uh, front office regime, and we'll see if they can make that turnaround for him. Tennessee at Buffalo, total blowout. Buffalo takes this one 41-7 as Tennessee. They pretty much gave up in the third quarter, brought out Malik Willis, their new rookie quarterback. Are the Titans and Derrick Henry done? Is the King Henry reign over? No, I can't say that after one game. Um, You know, Strato asked me the same question last night. We were watching the game. I think the answer is no. You know, Derrick Henry still is Derrick Henry. I think he was so successful in the past because they, they were or in, yeah, in the past because of the past. <laughs> um, you know, the, it wasn't a one, one-sided game for him and for that offense. You know, they were able to bounce it back and forth. Tannehill looked defense, or decent. Um, I think one point to that, though, is that we might see Malik Willis here in the future if Tannehill can't figure this out. No, I think his start is right around the corner, and that was one of my uh... – one of the things I was looking at as we were heading into the season now to shift the onus from the Titans and their stinkers over to the Buffalo Bills and them being the true uh, 1A, 1B team with the Kansas City Chiefs, not just in the AFC, but in the NFL as a whole. Yep, you agreed. look at anyone's power rankings, you're going to see Buffalo at number one, the Chiefs at number two, and yep. I fully agree with that. We'll yep. get into power rankings here in a second. But... They are the premier teams, the cream of the crop. And if we don't see them in the AFC Championship game this year, it would be a huge letdown for both teams at this point. Now, Josh Allen and Diggs, they are freaking money. Yeah, three touchdowns, dude. That's yeah, beautiful. They're looking great, man. They're fantastic. That connection is real. No doubt. Minnesota at Philly. This is the last one to wrap up the recap from week two. Minnesota played in Philadelphia 24 to 7. Minnesota or uh, Philly takes that win. Are the Eagles going to win the number one seed in the NFC? Mm, I want them to win the one seed. I love the Eagles. I love Invincible. Them. They're so, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're true Vince Papalis for me right now. <laughs> But their offense is incredible. I love Jalen Hurts. Yep. I think he's the guy. I thought it was just ridiculous. All the Philly fans and media people that were against him being their starting quarterback, I thought that was just a load of shit. He's been out there. He's been fantastic. They got him a new weapon in A.J. Brown. He's yep. loving that new weapon. Dallas Goddard showing out. Miles Sanders and the other two running backs and that three-headed monster, Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell. They're dangerous. And that offensive line is studly, and they have a great defense on the back end as well. The Eagles are going, in my mind, to win the NFC East. I don't think, uh, you know, the Giants, the Cowboys, they can contend. Um, but the, the, the Eagles are going to take that division. And if they don't win the one seed, I would happily pencil them in as number two. Wow, that's bold. Yep. Check. So, yeah, I mean, Jalen Hurts is obviously the real deal. They've added, you know, a lot of free agent play, um, you know, most importantly on the defense to help uh, balance the game for Jalen um, but uh, Kirk Cousins obviously cannot be trusted on Monday Night Football 2-10 all time. That's something to think about, folks. You know, if, uh, I'm not sure if he has any more Monday Night games this year. I highly doubt it. But if he does next year, keep that in mind <laughs> on whatever spread that is. Just avoid Take him in, and avoid him in prime time as a whole. Like yeah. I don't even know if I would just trust him for Sunday night or Thursday night. Either. Yeah. All right, best matchups for Week Three, Dan. Run us through a couple of these best matchups. 
Yeah, I'll look at the noon slate first and give you two of them. First of all, it's Raiders at Tennessee. Both of these teams 0-2, surprisingly 0-2. I think they both have a lot to prove in this matchup. Derrick Henry not putting up the numbers you would expect. Ryan Tannehill has been turnover prone and you know has his job kind of on the line. And that defense has been terrible. And then you look at the Vegas side of things. The offense has actually been pretty good. But the defense has blown some things late. The offense has gotten stale later in the game, and they're not really finding their their guys well enough, as I talked about in the recap. That's a big one. And then Buffalo at Miami could potentially be the game of the week if I'm not looking at this other game in the late noon slate we're going to highlight. Yep. But Buffalo at Miami is going to be electric down there in, in South Beach. Look for a lot of touchdowns, a lot of points. Um, the Bills secondary is dealing with some major issues to Tredavious White, obviously still in the pup. Dane Jackson had that scary neck in- injury in yeah, Monday yeah. night's game. You know, prayers up for him. And then Micah Hyde also had a neck injury in that game, their starting safety. So they're down some some major pieces on defense and the Dolphins are not the team that you want to be in that situation Yeah, with. no, absolutely. Especially Tyreek and Jalen Waddle right now, the way they're playing ball. They could light you up over top. <clears throat> All right, late games or late noon games we're looking at. You got the Rams um, going to Arizona. So um, Arizona obviously coming off that win against Vegas. Um, rolling with a little steam here. And the, the Rams obviously beating Atlanta this last week. So both teams on a, a one-game win streak here. And obviously we got a division game. Anytime the NFC West plays each other, it's always a beat em up kind of a fist fight um, for that division. Next game is going to be Green Bay at Tampa Bay. Obviously a rematch from last year's playoff. And anytime Beautiful. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady play, you're clicking your TV on because you want to watch that shit, right? So that's going to be one to watch. You know, uh, Tampa Bay struggling here and there, um, trying to get things re-kicked off after the New Orleans game. And then Green Bay's kind of got a, head, a full head of steam uh, moving off their win. So um, two more games to look at there. Yep. And then Sunday night football is the primetime game that I'm picking this week. San Francisco at Denver. Jimmy G, full start with the Niners going into Denver where Russell Wilson, familiar with that team, having played against them in that division, the NFC West. But they have a lot of issues in Denver, and the lights are on again for them. They're going to be on national television. Only thing on, Nathaniel Hackett has a lot of pressure he has to wade through. A couple honorable mentions here that I want to highlight because of the side stories around these games. Cincinnati on the road to the New York Jets where the Jets just beat the Cleveland Browns. Cincinnati cannot afford to lose this, lose this game. If they start 0-3, you're going to hear a lot more chatter than you already are. And then Jacksonville on the road for the Chargers. The Jacksonville Jaguars have a real chance to upset them in L.A. Um, that offense has been electric so far, led by James Robinson, Christian Kirk, and Trevor Lawrence. Um I think the Chargers will win the game, but uh, I would not be shocked, and I will be taking the points in that Jacksonville game. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. All right, Dan, power rankings. I'm going to kick us off here with my top, or my. let's start with my bottom five here, starting at number 10. I'm starting with the Ravens. I think they got a little more to prove after the Dolphins game. Um, then I'm bumping up the Niners. I'm throwing the Niners in the top 10 at the nine slot. Then I'm going Rams. You know, I, I was de- really debating on bumping them back to nine, maybe even ten, and bumping the Niners and Ravens up. But I think the Rams are still strong on paper. I think they're still just trying to figure a, a couple things out. And the Dolphins, um, they could easily be a top five team overall in the league right now. Um, but I got them at the seven slot. And then Packers round out my bottom five at the six slot. You know, I would have them. <clears throat> excuse me, I would have them in the top five. But I think consistency is against them right now, being in my top five. No, I I don't think that's a a bad stance to take. Now, where I'm different from you, you have the Niners. I put the Vikings in at number 10, and then the Rams at number 9 for me. Ravens at 8, Dolphins at 7, Eagles at 6, which I assume are probably in your top five. The Eagles have been electric. They are just now breaking onto the scene. I would like to see a couple more impressive wins. The Vikings, good win. Um, The Detroit Lions, good win right now. We'll see how the rest of the season pans out for those guys. And then looking at my top five, I've got the Packers. You could say the same thing about their, you know, not having any quality wins. Um, But 
I just feel like the Aaron Rodgers difference is a real one, and and Matt Lafleur difference is a real one, and Lafleur is currently the winningest coach percentage wise in the NFL, uh, head coach. So, um, yeah, I'm looking at Packers at five, Buccaneers at four. We'll see if they don't drop. I really wanted to push them down a little further, um, but I can't because they're two and zero. Chargers at three. Uh, Chiefs at two and Bills as the number one team in the NFL. Yep. Yeah, I got the same top five outside of uh, five and six. Obviously, you have Packers at five, Eagles at six. I got Eagles at five and Packers at six. So um, as every week, man, I mean, these seem to change, and especially now. I mean, we're talking about, you know, maybe even putting Detroit in the top 15, right? Right. When last year they hung around the bottom five they the were, whole damn season they were a bottom five team for me yeah, the whole year right right so yeah exciting stuff in the nfl right now all right guys we're gonna move into the big money moves of the week this is my favorite part of the show um i have a blast following this throughout the week and as the as the lines move but as always this is brought to you by e-coffee you can find them on ig at eros coffee www.eroastcoffee.com. Don't forget that's two E's up front. You can get a subscription for 12 months, six months, three months. That would be a phenomenal Christmas gift coming around the corner. You got like three months to buy your Christmas gifts. Start now. Don't be like me and wait till December 24th. <laughs> Rad Kingdom, Ethiopian blends, Congo blends, Colombian blends. These are all different blends you guys can get on their on their website. You can get it through uh, IG. You know, hit them up on IG. They also got some swag you guys can get. You can get hats, mugs, and stickers. Get them all, guys. They got some good coffee, and they're local. These are the kind of guys we want to support, obviously, on the Fastest 40, but also in our coffee cups. 100% week two recap real quick. Dan, that's me. Goes two and one on the picks. I told you guys I was bouncing back one and zero on the lock last week. That puts me at two and four on the season with my picks after a rough zero and three start. Two and zero on the locks. Mm. Trey, what you got for the people? <laughs> All right, so I'm starting one and five on the picks. Not a great start to the year. You know, it is what it is. You know, we should probably reach out to Tyler since he's already on here and get his picks for the week. I want to I want to keep track of his picks too, see where he's going. Um, as far as my locks, <clears throat> oh, and two on the locks. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 right up there with Big Cat right now. I'm just not doing I was well. Say you gotta start fading I'm just him. Just not doing well, man. <laughs> um, as far as the sleepers, you know, we're, we're doing all right as a team here. We're seven to three as of right now. That's right, baby. But I'm gonna kick you off with my picks for week three. I'm coming back. I've, I feel good about these. I was looking at these today. I feel good about them. I got Philly minus four and a half against Washington. I'm feeling real solid about that. They can easily win that game by five points. Baltimore minus three against New England, a New England team that has not figured out how they're going to play football yet this year, and a yep. Baltimore team that can um, score some points. Pittsburgh versus Cleveland. I'm taking the over 38.5. That's a low line. That is so low. How do you not take that, man? You got to take that. What do you got for your picks this week, Dan? Man, I'm looking at Miami plus five and a half against Buffalo. I was really conflicted about putting this pick on my sheet, but just knowing what I know about the Bills secondary and what they did against the Ravens, there's no way I can't take, uh, you know, damn near a whole touchdown uh, in this scenario. So. I'm going with Miami plus five and a half. That line probably going to move closer to Buffalo. So I could see this being a three and a half point spread by the time game time rolls around. Damn, maybe, a full two points. Four, full two points. Um, Detroit plus six at Minnesota. How are you going to give these guys that just exploded the last two weeks with offense six points against the Minnesota Vikings? Yep, good I'm call. I'm taking that with uh, you know maybe even sprinkle some money line for Detroit in there as well. And then the Baltimore Ravens at New England, the line's super low in this one, 43 points. This could easily turn into a 35-17 to 17 game where the, the over smacks in this one. So I'm going with the over at 43. Almost made that my lock for the week. All right, my lock for the week is KC minus 6.5. Look, I'm jumping out on a limb here, guys. I never bet on the Chiefs mm. never bet on the Chiefs because it bites me in the ass every single time and they always win by six 
when I bet on them to win by six and a half. <laughs> or we're playing Baltimore at home. It's the opening game, game two of the year, yeah, week two of the season. Oh, yeah. The line set at KC minus five and a half. We win by five. Everybody's screaming because they're so happy because we won't came back on fourth down and a 70-yard bomb to Tyree Kill. <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking, son of a bitch. They just won by five and not six. <laughs> but my lock of the week is KC minus six and a half. We're playing Indy this week, obviously. Um, I feel strong about that. We can easily beat a team, the Indy team by a, a score, so I'm not worried about that one at all. No, I like that pick. I... I have the same principle you have, not betting on the Chiefs, but um, you know I do an office pick them, and I'll probably be picking the Chiefs to cover that spread. Oh, yeah. My lock of the week is going to be Green Bay at Tampa Bay. When I saw the line for this game, I like jaw dropped to the floor, and I immediately pulled out my betting app because I was at my desk in, in Overland Park, Kansas. <laughs> Over 41 points in this affair. I think that's a shoe-in. You may not find a better bet this entire week. I am Maybe loving the over in this game. I love the over in the Baltimore and Miami game last week at just 43 points. I see this being a similar game, not to that magnitude, of course, because of the explosion that we saw. Yep. You know, you don't get 80 points every game. But... Uh, this one could easily turn into a 27-24 game. I was thinking and, the same score, yeah. And that's an over. Yep. <clears throat> some sleepers, some little snoozers that you might want to want to pick up on. Jacksonville plus seven. I mentioned that one earlier. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh on the money line at Cleveland. You might want to take that one. The line could shift. We'll see how that plays out. And then Miami money line against Buffalo. If you're if you're a fan of upsets, that is one that I would put on upset alert for sure. Yep, division game. I like that. I got Houston plus two and a half against Chicago this weekend. I also have the Pittsburgh money line. It's set at one forty. And then I got length. I got the Jets money line set at two oh five. Let's get it, New York. Ooh, you're crazy. You're crazy. All right, those are the big money moves of the weeks. We'll have a tweet out later this week recapping the picks and updating the odds and the lines on those. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at the fastest underscore 40. Um, and then also on IG at the fastest 40. We'll be putting the pick up, picks up on both social media sites. Before we go into our fantasy football segment, I do want to give a quick shout out to our partner, Miles Casey at milescasey.com. He is connecting you with the very best in gear at a discounted rate. It's anything from licensed NFLPA products all the way to NASCAR and MLS and so much more. You can find anything there. Bobbleheads, sweatshirts, jerseys, custom jerseys even. We saw him put out a link for our friend Sam Webb so that folks can pick up their own number 27 Raiders jersey. MilesCasey.com, M-Y-L-E-S-C-A-S-E-Y. Dot com. You can also follow the group on Facebook where he's posting out those promo links, Miles Casey Sports Market Hub. Check it out. Bang. Fantasy football, baby. We're going to just give you some starts, some guys you can look at for this week at quarterback. I'm liking Tua this week with that Buffalo secondary being dinged up. Definitely plug him in your lineup or pick him up on the waivers if you have the opportunity at the very least. Matthew Stafford at Arizona. He's going to sling the rock over that secondary. And Derek Carr on the road against Tennessee. We saw Josh Allen dice him up. I think he has a really good opportunity to get those three guys involved, like we mentioned. Probably squeak out a win and get you some good fantasy points at the same time. Absolutely. And so running backs, we're going to go CEH against um, Indy. So we're going to see the Chiefs go up pretty Pretty fast and pretty, uh, you know, by two or three scores pretty early. So expect CEH to get a lot of those touches. Um, not being said, you know, a lot of those the other um, running back core that the Chiefs have will get their touches too, but CEH is going to be the heavy load for that. David Montgomery is going to be playing Houston this week. David Montgomery popped off this last weekend. I finally needed that. He looked damn good coming out of the hole um, uh, last weekend, so I, I think he, he continues to build on that. I was kind of worried about him after week one, um, but last week he looked pretty damn good. Miles Sanders, he's playing uh, Washington, a, wa a beat-up Washington team. As we've already said, they've let up 74 points already this year, so I think look to uh, look for – for uh, Miles Miles Sanders to do the same and get his get his piece while he's at it. 
Yes, sir. When you bring it over to the wide receiver room, there's two guys I want to highlight first. Drake London, potential offensive rookie of the year candidate, and he's going to put up some big numbers against that Seattle secondary. I think Atlanta likely wins this football game, and Drake London is going to be a major part of it. Make sure you do not miss out on that. And then Jalen Waddell, of course, you have to start him against Buffalo. He torched those guys. I think it's not even a question at this point. He is a wide receiver, too, on the Dolphins, but he's getting better numbers than all of your favorite wide receiver ones outside of Cooper Cup and Stephon Diggs. So plug him in to your lineup this week. And then finally, I had a little bit of distrust for CeeDee Lamb once Dak Prescott went down. I benched him. The replacement that I put in did not put up more points, but it didn't matter because I have shit luck in that league anyway. C.D. Lamb is a must-start this week. Cooper Rush targeted him seven times. He was targeted 11 times when Dak Prescott was in, but the targets this time were a lot more effective, putting up 75 yards on those targets. Make sure that he is in your lineup moving forward. I liked what I saw last week. So tight ends, we're going to get kicked off with Tyler Higby here, who's going to be going to Arizona to play the Arizona Cardinals, and we'll see. Uh, that offense is just going to continue to progress there for the Rams. Um, and then second one here is going to be Irv Smith Jr. is going to be playing Detroit, and I, I think Detroit's going to be, you know, th- it's going to be a shootout with Detroit. We've, we've seen Destro- Detroit score a lot of points in the first two weeks, so they're going to have to match that to keep up with that offense. I'm going to kick off the sleepers here, Dan, um, and this is going to be at a tight end, so it's going to kind of be a merger here. It's going to be Taysom Hill. Mm. He popped off week one as a tight end. He's still listed as a tight end right now. Dan and I were talking about it before the show. We both picked him up in different leagues where you could start him at a tight end. You know, if something happened to Jameis Winston, he comes in at quarterback. He could rack up a shit pot of points at the tight end <laughs> position, throwing passes, running the ball, whatever it may be. So he's also a value added to that offense in the tight end position. He's a he's an all around tool. He can run the football. He can catch passes, whatever it may be. So um, check him out there too. I love it. Now for my for the sleepers that we're going to highlight for you here, we're starting with the wide receiver position. We're looking at three different rookies. Traylon Burks got a lot of good work in the Tennessee game. While it wasn't effective work, he was getting targets, and that's all you could really ask for now against a Las Vegas defense that's a little bit less talented than the Buffalo Bills defense. I think that's going to pan out well for anybody that has Traylon Burks in on their squad. The other two rookies, Chris Olave, didn't have a great week two, solid week one, but he had 13 targets last week alone. Jameis Winston was looking his way constantly. Make sure he's in your lineup as a flex at most if you get the opportunity. And then Garrett Wilson should be your wide receiver to flex option into this week. Joe Flacco loves throwing the ball to Garrett Wilson. He got over seven targets each week and two touchdowns last week, over 100 yards. Why would you not put him in your lineup this week? Finally, it's Michael Carter, the running back for the New York Jets. <clears throat> Very involved in the passing game. And... Got the bulk of the shares um, on the rushing attempts for the Jets as well. Brees Hall still in contention to get some of those touches, but Michael Carter is a solid option, especially in PPR formats. Those are your fantasy football starts for week three. You are welcome. Boom. Let's go. (laughs) All right, Dan. Last segment here. We're going to move into just a hunch. You know, I'm reading your hunch right here on our spreadsheet, and I have a follow-up question, so go ahead and give us yours. All right, this is just a hunch. There's a little bit of basis here for it, but I'm just going with it. The Bengals and the Titans are missing the playoffs this year. Preseason, I had them both pegged to make the playoffs. Tennessee winning the division. The Bengals entering as the seventh seed in the AFC. Damn. Okay, so follow-up question here is, who replaces them? That's a great question. I think the Chargers obviously jump in this year as a replacement for them. And then if you're looking at the AFC South, right, that the Chargers would be the Bengals replacement as the wild card. So if you're looking at the AFC South, a replacement, I think you have to look at Jacksonville seriously, Uh, them leading the division currently and having already locked in a division win. Um, And then, after that, you know, you're looking at maybe Indianapolis painting out a little bit better after their injuries come into play. Um, 
but there's no chance the Bengals beat out the Ravens in the AFC North, and I've definitely lost faith in the Titans winning the South. Yep, right on. All right, wrapping it up here with my hunch. Kind of goes into a point that Dan made earlier in the show. He's got him at the one, maybe the two seed, but I'm taking the Eagles at at least the three seed in the NFC for the playoffs this year. Lock it in. Lock it in. Mark it on your calendars. Come back and talk to me in January because I'm going to be right, baby. That means they win the division, though, right? Yep. Got to love that. All right, that's the show, folks. Week three is a wrap. We're going to head into this weekend with some excitement. Hopefully, you guys are able to make some money. Make sure you bet legally, responsibly. Place those lineups in before noon Sunday if you're central time. And don't forget that we are in partnership with Stadium Rant. They host several websites to cover all 32 of your favorite NFL teams. www.stadiumrant.com. You will find the hub for all of those teams there and make sure you follow the NFL on stadium rant podcast network, Spotify and Apple podcasts where you can find podcasts for, I think they're up to 13 or 14 different teams in the NFL, including our chiefs. So uh, make sure you check those out and get a feel for what's going on in the NFL. That's all I've got. Appreciate you guys for listening again. Uh, Trey, you have anything for the people? No, man, I'm glad to be back. I'm ready to Ready to get back after. It's been fun. This was a great time. So um, let's get after it, everybody. Yes, sir. Let's get hyped.